0: On April 20th, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, thanked murder victim George Floyd for his sacrifice. In a similar fashion, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Sam Wilson alluded to the sacrifice made by another black character whose suffering was in many ways the crux of the show. But are these tributes appropriate, or do they misrepresent and conceal the true nature of the crimes inflicted upon both Floyd and Isaiah Bradley. This is Mad Unreal, Episode 35. Let's go. So I wanna I wanna begin by saying that I was that I was pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier more than I thought I would when we first when we first talked about this. Yeah, because uh, I forget you what were episode skeptical. number it was, you, but you were, this yeah. was
1: the one show that you were skeptical
0: about from Get. I remember mean, from last. Yeah, from last. just when they first talked about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to be, you know, a Marvel esque. You know, Starskin Hutch, <laughs> Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller. That doesn't type.
1: sound too bad to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Starskin Hutch. Don't throw shade on Starskin Hutch. Come on. But, but i no, had well, a little, no, I had a little car, I had a little matchbox joint. The,
0: the no, Huggy <laughs> Bear, I I loved all that. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, I just thought that I thought that the pairing of these two mm. would be more. Um, where are we going, Buck? Come on, Sam, and all of that. Um, But it was very different from that. And, I mean, out the gate, really we didn't see the two paired up together until the second episode, and they were not not friendly toward each other. And Bucky had issues with Sam giving Steve Rogers shield Mm -hmm. that Rogers gave him, passing the mantle on to Sam. Mm -hmm. Bucky had a real issue with Sam giving that to the Smithsonian and having them put that shield in a box. Right. Right. So now only by the end of episode one, they give it to another white man, (laughs) John Walker, who really got issues. So before we
1: dive into that though, overall, now that you, I mean, what were your, what were your overall thoughts of those? You, you, it
0: it was a pleasant surprise for you. It was a pleasant surprise. I thought it was a solid show. Mm -hmm. Um, I was surprised that, that, that Disney allowed as much directness in the writing Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in some of the some of the dialogue of the characters, um, particular, um, Carl Lumley's Isaiah Bradley, mm-hmm. and him telling the story and him reacting to um, Bucky,
2: mm-hmm.
0: late, when, when when the three of them first meet in Baltimore, right, and. Um, I I do feel that by the end of the series, particularly the last two episodes, but definitely in the final episode, I do believe that they Disneyed it up a little bit and made some of the language um, direct yet palatable. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in the same kind of way, um, I, I I believe I'm going to say this in a in a comedic way, but I don't mean to. I don't mean to make fun of the seriousness of the content, but it's almost like, when, you know, when I was growing up, if you heard ass on television, it was because it was Saturday Night Live and almost midnight. Mm-hmm. But the more you heard ass and damn and goddamn on network television, you know, now it's, it's just no big deal. Right. So I feel that the more you hear discussions about, uh, uh, you know, a, a black child was shot by police. Um, you know, we have to. You know, in other words, the more that you hear direct talk of black and brown, and now Asians mm-hmm. talking about the overt white supremacist aggression, mm-hmm. it's easier. It's easier to hear, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Without without requiring you to act on it, and I and I feel that Disney used. Sam Wilson who accepted the mantle of Captain America spoke for like all of us mm-hmm. as people of color in a very palatable way.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Speaking
0: speaking that that truth to power when he's having this conversation with these senators.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: The street speech which we'll get to in, in a little while yeah. but you're talking about the street speech at the end, yeah. Yeah, that had um, such an impact on Twitter. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It had a, it, it played very well. Mm, yeah. And, and
1: Disney knew that when they
0: you know when they put it out
1: there, they knew how that speech was going to play. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. I, I think I was a little bit more critical than you, I think, of the series. But I feel like we're mm-hmm. pretty much on the in the same place, though. Um, I had higher expectations for it, uh, mainly not just because of the the racial aspect, but because of the espionage aspect. You know, they kind of like mm-hmm. before the show dropped they played up the idea that this was going to be a spy thriller, you know, and that that raised my, you know, antenna because that's my thing, you know, that's one, that's one of the genres I really love. Um, and so I think I had very high expectations. So when episode one dropped, I was very pleased because I was like, okay, this is going to have layers. It's nuanced. Um, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not going to be what Arthur thought it was going to be, you know, for instance. Um, and so, and I, th- I feel like episodes one and two Uh, Episode one to me was the best episode. And I think two and, you know, once you bring Isaiah Bradley into it, that, of course, just raises it up another, you know, 10 levels. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you you bring the uh, the truth comic book basically into it. Um, So, uh, you know, I, I had high expectations. And then I think similar to what you felt, I felt as, you know, the season progressed, there's only six episodes. But as we got, you know, towards the middle of the season and then into season or episode four, it started to feel mm, this is starting to feel formulaic and there's certain things that are happening that i'm not really feeling and then i think episode mm-hmm. five was a very was a standout um particularly because of the conversation between isaiah and sam mm-hmm. um and that episode was actually called truth uh yeah it was called truth and then but by the time you get to episode six i was i was i was somewhat disappointed with episode six i, I felt that it was very much um, what I expected, and and not, and I'm not saying that in a good way. It was very predictable. Um, it was mm-hmm. very, you know, setting up. You know, the thing that you and I have talked about before, and I think we can do another episode about this. But you know, the idea of setting up things for the larger universe. You know, we just did a show talking about how the Netflix shows, the Netflix MCU, MCU shows, didn't necessarily have that weight on their shoulders, and how that mm-hmm. benefited mm-hmm. them. And I think mm-hmm. that here we're seeing you know, the setup was just so it was it was so deliberate. You know, the whole um uh John what's what's the, what was the uh the white Captain America's name? What was his name? John what's John the, Walker. John Walker. The whole, you know, his <clears throat> transformation in a US agent it just felt so forced to me. Um, mm-hmm. the introduction of Elaine, you know, of uh, <laughs> I'm mm. using her Seinfeld. Now, uh, you know, Julie Louise Dreyfus, she'll always be. Elaine yeah, Valentina, being, yeah, Valentina, yeah, that, Valentina Allegra Slashman. de Fontaine. Right, exactly. I'm glad Don't you call me that. Yeah, with the heels, <laughs> you know, with the heels yeah. that weren't meant for walking. Um, mm-hmm. she just, you know, I see what they were going for there, but she kind of felt to me like she was in a different show almost. Um, just how how she was how she was brought into the show so abruptly and her um her character just felt out of sync, you know, intentionally mm-hmm. out of sync, you know, she was mm-hmm. that was the com- comedic edge to her, but I don't I'm not sure if it worked. Um so there there was just a lot of things that that you know, if you look at the end of the season versus the first maybe two episodes, they almost feel like two different shows. Um sp- uh, specifically the first episode. The first episode felt very different to me um mm-hmm. tonally. So, yeah, I think maybe we do another because I know there's some other things we want to get into here. Um, but I think overall, you and I are on the same page just in in, in the sense that we enjoyed um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But there were, you know, as the season continued, there were things that we weren't necessarily um, that didn't hit us in, in the right place.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, this show overall did feel like um, something that you've talked about on a few occasions on our previous episodes, um, especially during the pandemic and how some of these shows, they're going to have to do something to release them because they're probably holding up other right. projects. Right. And um, that, 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 that rang very true on WandaVision. In fact, it was almost kind of an obvious thing. Like they just sort of had to get this middle ground mm-hmm. in the same kind of way. They had to get some middle ground together for, I guess, black widow, mm-hmm. um, Coming out in June now, I believe um but here it was a little more a little more subtle. I actually thought that this may be a lead up to season two, and I suppose it could be, but it almost feels like this needs to be a lead up to a major a major motion picture um that's coming up because there's so many different little loose ends mm-hmm. um and I'm speaking of uh uh well Val, as you just talked about her. Mm -hmm. Um, but also Sharon Carter, who's now the power broker and that was the most, that was, you know, that was so obvious
1: and probably (laughs) one of the, to me, one of the most, the whole power broker thing just was not, I I just wasn't engaged in that. Um, you -hmm. know, I I gotta say, and and I know, I know we want to get into the main topic, but let me just say this very quickly. I think that the villains in this show kind of let thing let the show down a little bit. I'm a really big fan of the understated villains. Zemo in Captain America or Captain America: Civil War is my favorite mm-hmm. MCU villain. I like him more than mm-hmm. I like Thanos, mm-hmm. I like him more than I like Loki. I just mm-hmm. like him in that movie. He's very understated, mm-hmm. very methodical, and he wins. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. it before, he mm-hmm. wins. Um so I like understated villains, but this this villain uh the main villain of Falcon and Winter Soldier um Carly Morgan Morgenthal Morgenthal yep um who was you know she was a villain but she really wasn't a villain but then they kind of mm-hmm. made her into, they had that one scene and i think it was episode 3 where she kills some civilians and you could again feel like the It was felt a little bit forced because it was like, we have to make sure that she's a bad guy. You know, we can't have her just fighting for the freedom of her people. We have to do something to make her a bad guy or else, you know, it'll be it won't. It was like you just said a minute ago. That was a Disney element that I felt come Mm -hmm, into the mm -hmm, the show.
2: mm -hmm,
1: But mm -hmm. but overall, and just really quickly, I want to get your opinion on this. I just was not feeling her as a villain. She just, she was so understated. Her dialogue felt very much, and this isn't the actress's fault. This is, I think this is a writing thing. Her dialogue Mm -hmm. felt very, um, I don't want to keep saying forced, but it felt very, um, everything she said felt like exposition, you know, Um, and, Mm -hmm. and it was repetitive, you know, um, how many of us have to die? And I'm, you know, I remember when we were kids and we played here and you know, it was just like she never really talked to anybody. It was like she was always sermonizing or something. And the only real, I think, conversation that that kind of I connected with was when she talked to Sam for the first time or maybe the second time. But they had that one on one before their fight, um, mm-hmm. before she, before uh, uh, before Walker busted killed. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that conversation was good, but overall, I just, I wasn't feeling her as a villain, man. She never really, I just never connected with her. I never felt anything about her when she died. I didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, By the way, major spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen this, we always do this. We say it halfway and we got to say that at the beginning, one of these days, major spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen Falcon and Lunar Soldier season one, um, obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably have, but we have to say that anyway. Um, but how did you feel? How did you feel about the villains? Her, the quote unquote power broker, who was, you know, again, like whatever. Um,
0: how did you feel? Um, I let down mm, okay. in the same kind of way. Okay, um, I, you know, I, I, I didn't. Hmm, I'd like the conversation that that Bucky had with Zima when Zima was in prison. Mm-hmm. And I. Um, and that's the thing. That, I just I just
1: named all the villains. I didn't even mention Zemo as a villain in this show because he yeah. didn't even feel like a villain in
0: this show. <laughs> he didn't feel. Yeah, yeah. he didn't. I'm and sorry, ahead, and though. it felt like you know <laughs> to the once it started to where 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 Bucky is explaining to Sam, mm-hmm. um, trying to break it to him that 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 he broke Zemo out of jail or helped break Zemo out of jail. Mm-hmm. It started to feel like um, the film Forty Eight Hours and how Eddie Murphy, <laughs> like Nick Nolte, lets hurt Eddie Murphy oh, out. Man, you know, I but Eddie Murphy wants to be that. mischievous during it. He's I trying to get his old crew that. back. He's got his car back. He's you know Zemo's got his butler back and his plane. And I all never even stuff. thought about that, man. This was Forty Eight Hours. <laughs> this whole show was Forty Eight Hours. At least the yeah. first four or five episodes of Forty Eight Hours. <laughs> yeah,
2: hilarious.
0: Yeah, you know he's dancing in the club and everything. <laughs> You know, and um, all
1: we needed was I, Zemo saying, "You know, I, I need this help. I don't like white people, but I need the help of this man to help me right. get out this situation." Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah.
0: that's hilarious. I never thought about that. Good, good, good um, good call. Good. Call. That was the most the the three of them together was the most prototypical buddy cop scenario that I mm. was talking about before. But did you enjoy it when you saw? Did you enjoy
1: that part of the show? The three of them together, or no? That, that first episode okay Uh
0: right. the first time they were together the first time that they were together and right. they were on the plane and, and zemo Park. is yeah, calling yeah. yeah and zemo is is poking at bucky about you know being the winter soldier he's got steve rogers book he's trying to cross names off right. and you know and all of that that was good that was good yeah um but yeah it just wasn't i mean i want i More, i want Car- so carly, bad like
1: carly and the pawnbroker you just yeah, you you weren't connected. To I checked
0: either. out at the par- at the pawnbroker, and you know everything that I was holding on to, Carly, just fell apart at the at the last episode when the when the you know newly revealed power broker Sharon Carter kills Carly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the conversation that Carly and Sam had before before John Walker came in and mm-hmm. and you know testosterone did all the way up, mm-hmm. um, but Carly as an Carly, as an evil villain, didn't play well for me because mm. that, that I never got that of her nature. Yeah, um, Carly worked best for me when she was the individual who, um, I'm trying to think of another film, an 80s film analogy, but you know, <laughs> no, let's she, keep that going. however, it worked out, mm-hmm. she was working for the power broker, got hooked up with the super soldier sauce, mm-hmm. you know. And wanted to do something for her community, mm-hmm. and what she did by taking the serum made her so powerful that she really didn't understand how to control it, mm-hmm. but she just had to go with it, so she still had this this um innocence isn't innocent isn't the right word, but mm-hmm. she still had this um naivety yeah yeah, of a child yeah. who was playing with stuff. Right. way more powerful she doesn't really realize the ultimate impact of what this is doing
1: right that that and also they never she was i had the same complaint about her that i had about when we did we talked about blofeld and specter remember way back mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. my complaint was that they never really show why is this guy the leader you know why is he so why yeah. is he show him yeah. do something like you know make me understand why he's the the top cat with carly yeah. i never felt like why is she the leader you know i felt the same way it was like she never they never had that scene or that moment where was like okay that's why she's in charge you know
0: i felt that she had the ingredients to be to be special. she had the passion she had the passion yeah yeah and um but as far as i didn't mean, you know and that's credit to uh aaron kellyman um, the actress that plays Carly Morgan mm-hmm. thought she really played that, you know, she played that well. But here's the thing. I mean, the scene, the scene where and I'm jumping, mm-hmm. but the scene where she calls Sam's sister and threatens her mm-hmm. and the children. Yeah, that, that was, was completely
1: inauthentic. That didn't make no yeah, sense. That, that was, was sinister, but that wasn't Carly. It wasn't her. Yeah, that was that was. Yeah, that that didn't make too much sense. Yeah,
0: and, that was a Zemo call.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And even Zemo wouldn't have
0: done that. Zemo would have had somebody else call for him. <laughs>
1: Well, Zemo did. You know, Zemo was more sinister, but still, I, I do think you need, you know, Zemo's whole thing in Captain America Civil War was like, this is one of the, he won. That was one of the baddest cast they ever went up against. You know, he, he mm-hmm. literally tore the Avengers apart and it didn't just end with that movie. What he did to them lasted all the way up until end, the end of Endgame, you know, to the middle of Endgame mm-hmm. or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Mm-hmm. So anyway, listen, I want yeah, to ask you, though, based on all that, you know, or not based on all that, but all that aside, did this series and this this the main this the heart of what we want to talk about today did this series carry out on its promise to confront race in a way that the MCU never has
0: yes okay
1: and we, elaborate on that for me
0: it did because of the directness that i talked about at the top of the show and the directness was really channeled through for me two different ways mm-hmm. the the isaiah bradley Introduction and the narrative and the conversations. Right. And, you know, the second conversation is Isaiah effectively lecturing Sam. And the third, the aftermath, where Isaiah expresses respect for Sam and what he did, mm-hmm. um, felt a little cream puff. Mm hmm. Because let me say this too. Let me say this too. Malcolm Spellman, the showrunner, head of the writing team, head of the whole show, mm-hmm. I believe they try to try to do authentic stuff mm-hmm. in this series. And I, I just need to, so I need to say that. Right. But the problem, the problem that I have, so to answer your question, did they, did they, did they push race further than any Disney properties ever done before? And I say yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The shortcoming though, which I think would have been I think you could have told it in this in this narr- in this season. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Sam was when I was in college listened to a lot of public enemy. Mm-hmm. heard a lot of Malcolm X speeches. Mm-hmm. Sam would be a, Sam would be a black man that I would refer to as lost.
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: Mhm. Mhm. And he had to be spoon fed all of this backstory information in order to really align him correctly to what it was that he said that he was trying to accomplish.
1: Right. So basically what he what he thought was the problem, he he basically he had no idea what the problem was or that there was a problem until even after even after he was betrayed, even after exactly, exactly was taken, not necessarily taken from him. But he gave the shield up, and it was given to someone. And you know the 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 um, underlying sentiment of that, which was not really underlying; it was right in your face, was that yeah, you can't be Captain America. We want someone who looks like this to be Captain America, right? So even after that, he was still like you said, "quote unquote" lost.
0: Right now, mm-hmm. now let me say this though: the I think the I think the best line that they gave Sam. Mm-hmm. In the entire series Mm -hmm. was the line where he says to Bucky, you know, did you or Steve ever consider the, the, you know, the fact that I thought I was doing the right thing? Right. Right. And I say that that as the strongest because he was like, you know, Sam was making an acknowledged declaration that, look, just because you all tell me. Right that it's okay to do something. I may not think so. Right, cuz you don't
1: you don't understand. He's telling but you don't Stina. understand. So and and we'll get to that but really quickly what I want to just to stay on this for a second. Cuz I agree with you. I think that they did. This show did fulfill its promise to confront race in a way that, you know, or discuss race in a way that the MCU never has. But I think we have to acknowledge just how low that bar is.
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah (laughs) all you really had to do was have one piece of dialogue you know it could have ended with sam saying how come nobody ever told me there was a black captain america that could have been the last time they discussed race on the entire show for the entire season and they Mm -hmm. still would have done more than mcu has done in the past with the exception of course of black panther you know what i'm saying and that's the black panther film and the conversations between um michael b jordan's character and of course chadwick boseman so Take that out of take take Ryan Coogler out of this conversation and mm-hmm. out of twenty something films, take one film out of that, and the bar is extraordinarily low. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this show did that, but I think yeah. that as we talk for the next thirty minutes or so about what you know how that breaks down,
0: we have to keep in mind of just how low that bar was.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and there was no, we never we we finished the series without really knowing. How America as a country is mm-hmm. reacting to
2: because
0: they did a point. whole campaign with John Walker. Cap is back. Right. Good point.
1: Good point. And and they haven't done is, anything
0: that we know of for Sam Wilson.
1: Right. And maybe that is I don't know if it'll be a, maybe that's the follow up season or maybe that's a continued in the movies. I don't know. But you you, you mentioned Isaiah Bradley's quote. And this is this I, I wrote this down because this is a very powerful quote. And I want to make sure we get this right. In episode five, which was called The Truth, you know, he, Isaiah Bradley and Sam Wilson have that. That heart to heart, that sit down conversation, and Isaiah looks him in his eyes and tells him, "They will never let a black man be Captain America."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But even if they did, this is the important part, Arthur. But even if they did, no self-respecting black man That's would it, ever yeah. want to be right. And that was the line. I didn't see that line coming. I've heard, yeah, you know, yeah, variations yeah, yeah, yeah. of that line. You know, you and I both, mm-hmm. in the, in our community, you know, in different forms, not. Not obviously not in this context, but variations mm-hmm. of that line in regards to the military and saluting the flag and being a politician and all these other things. Mm-hmm. I've heard that line, I've heard versions of that line many times before. I didn't expect to hear it on this show. And when he says that, I was like, I, I was watching it by myself and I was like, uh, I said that out loud, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like uh, mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. hit me, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I think that brings up the question. His and then, you know, uh later on or, or maybe a few moments before that, um Isaiah said something different. And Sam said, you know, don't try to play that old man, that old bitter man routine with me. And that mm-hmm. was, again, Sam being lost. It's like you think this mm-hmm. this brother is this brother was locked up for 30 years and in, in right. everything
0: operates in a vacuum. He
1: was tortured to for lost, 30 to years. To the lost man.
0: Mm-hmm. And you are portraying
1: his his truth as him being a bitter old man and i thought that
0: right. i kind of wanted to slap sam at that point you know what i'm saying it's like you know it's like but what? See, do you, and i like that though i mean because that was that kind of contrast that you needed that you had exactly, not seen that, that we hadn't seen to, that kind of exactly and right. i don't and think that, that you would have got that from a writing team that was not comprised of mostly of, a, of mostly black it, or black that's people right of color. and that's that leads me to that's the question right. because
1: i do think that even though it annoyed me that sam said that it was to your point what you're saying is that that was authentic his response was authentic because mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. have also heard that you know we've seen yeah. uh people say uh, uh black people say certain things that other black people say well you're just being bitter or you're you need to let go of that you know we've heard, we've heard it in
0: barbershops
1: right many many times so yeah my question is that and based on these two levels of of authenticity you know isaiah bradley's quote-unquote bitterness versus sam wilson's belief did the show do a good job of representing both sides of this and it sounds like we're saying yes i
0: think i think they did okay I, I,
1: I, think I, think they I think they did up until episode six. You know what I'm saying? Because to your point that you made earlier, episode six was the most Disney-fied episode of the entire season. And it can be, it it can't go without being said that episode six is the, it's the final episode. It's the explanation mm-hmm. point. It's the climax.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: for that, mm-hmm. to, it's the final statement of the series, mm-hmm. of the season, probably series two. I don't know if they're going to do a, 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 a second season. So let's just say the series. So For Disney to come in and make that point like, okay, here is the final thing that we want to be said about this. And for there really to be no lingering things like you you alluded to, oh, we don't know how America feels about Sam. We don't know. Um, did anybody else bring up the point you know we'll talk about this later about the the the, the statue and the you know why mm-hmm. was there no you know why wasn't this put on front of cameras why was there no capitulation from the government so mm-hmm. on and so forth mm-hmm. we don't know these things but all we know is that the final point made was a very Disney-fied statement so I think there was a balance between you know Isaiah's um, ideology and what Sam mm-hmm. believed but I do feel that the final statement leaned heavily into Sam's, you know, and we'll get to this in a minute, but what Sam believed um, versus
0: Isaiah's truth. Would you agree with that? Uh very much agree with that. Mm-hmm. I believe I believe Anthony Mackey played this the best that he could to show some sort of, of internal conflict between I because he told Carly, I agree with what you are trying to do. Mm hmm. But you just can't. I don't agree with your methods, and that's like how how many times have we heard that before. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry. i tried <laughs> to say, uh huh. And then I laughed, and then I swallowed at the same time. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know. And then you know. And then culminating to, culminating to the discovery and interactions with Isaiah Bradley, where Sam is faced with having to come into his own in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Mackie played that. As, as 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 you know, as best as he could, um, and uh, I asked the audience forgive me because I kind of lost the main point. Of what I was responding to, because <laughs> there's mean, something I want to get to, but I don't right, know if this right. is the- there's a
1: couple of things. It's like I want to get to, but let's say that. But no, no, no. We can we can move on to. That. I, I think that we are both. I, again, I, I feel like there was a balance here because the representation, because because Isaiah Bradley, he never really wavers off his main point.
0: Because no. And, and, no, he and, doesn't. And
1: when Sam comes back after becoming triumphant Captain America, he comes back to see Isaiah another time. And he he gives his, you know, his spiel to Isaiah and Isaiah pauses right. for a second and he says, you almost made me believe that for a second. You know what I'm saying? He tells mm-hmm. him, like, no, I'm I'm mm-hmm. still holding mm-hmm. on to what I believe. But mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. you know, you've gotten to the point where your you know, your passion or your conviction almost made me forget those 30 years, you know, for a second, right. you know, right. and that I think was very powerful, but I think we're both on the same page that there was a balance there, but there was a, uh, towards, you know, the, the final comment on the, uh, series was very disney So, okay. So we talked earlier, you, you, you mentioned identity and I you yeah, know, that's I, I, where I want to get to <laughs> identity is at the core of this show. Absolutely. No questions asked. So the question is though, did Sam, In that, you know, taking on the Captain America mantle in his own way, which must be said, he did it in his own way. He didn't Mm seek. He didn't get permission to take the shield. He didn't get permission when the guy's like, who are you? He's like, I'm Captain America. You know, he didn't get permission to say that. But right. Did Sam forge his own identity or did he conform to what was, you know, what is basically an approved identity? Where do you fall on that?
0: Hmm. I wasn't expecting you to phrase it that way. (laughs) Approved identity. I don't know if it's approved because we don't know what America's. Well, we do know. We we,
1: we do know that Captain America as an ideal, you know, the ideal of Captain America has been approved. And it's almost like it was Steve Rogers. But then it was like, okay, he he created this mold. And now Mm -hmm. this mold who can fill that mold? Well, Sam wanted to initially or he mm-hmm. gave Steve thought Sam could. That's why he gave him the shield. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Sam had his doubts, gave the shield back. Then the government said, well, Sam can't fill that we need, you know, the blonde hair, blue, eye, the blonde uh, hair, blue we eye, guy. look, you know, yeah. we need that to fill the mold. So yeah. we do know what the, there is an approved identity. You know, there are a set of ideals of standards. Um, so the question is by taking on that identity did did sam make it his own you know did he claim ownership over that in a proactive way or did he conform and should he may should he have kept the falcon mantle and done something with the falcon and, and may and created that into something that would be his where again i ask you where did you where do you fall on that what side of the argument do you fall on
0: I don't I actually don't think that by the end of the show, Sam is settled into what his identity is, because Mm. the suit and I'm going to get back to the suit. But the suit is a as a combination of the Falcon tech and the Captain America motif Mm -hmm. aesthetic, I guess, you know, is what you would say. Because he's still flying around, he's still got the goggles, still got what's the little plane, the Nightwing? What is that little plane? Uh, I don't know, man. Birdie. I
1: don't know what the other name I think yeah, like that I thing. about. Yeah.
0: Um so I don't know. And I'm not and I'm that doesn't necessarily disappoint me. Uh, I, I would like to actually see him explore what this new identity is, what what he's what he's really doing. Mm-hmm. Um however, it's acknowledged that he's Captain America. Bucky himself, you know, acknowledges mm-hmm. that he's Captain America. Um but Two quick points, and they are directly related to the subject of identity, but we haven't talked about them much. Um, One is Bucky himself, Mm -hmm. because Bucky has his own journey. And by the end of the series, Bucky has, I believe, redeemed himself of his time as the Winter Soldier. Mm Mm-hmm. He has, and we see that he has crossed off all the names on his book. He has gone to his friend that we saw in episode one, mm-hmm. whose son the Winter Soldier assassinated in cold blood. Right. Mr. Nakamura,
1: go- I think was his name. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and acknowledged what he did and paid whatever price there was, you know, because of that. Mm-hmm. Which I um, wanted to see more of that, man. I, I, it, it I really did me too. We
1: didn't get to see that come. I wanted to see his reaction. You know, I wanted yeah. to see
0: the, the, Mr.
1: Nakamoto's reaction to what he was being told. And did they remain friends after that? It didn't look like they did. Just how because, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he didn't join him for tea. But I, I kind of wanted to see that play out. But I'm sorry,
0: go ahead. Um, And also that, that, that Bucky... Was Sam's biggest supporter throughout the entire series, mm-hmm. and I was disappointed that I had read in a in a in an article in the Hollywood Reporter that at, apparently at the end of the series, the new title card is revealed: Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Right. But Spellman said that there was a version that was supposed to be Captain America and the White Wolf. Right. And that was to show how they both had evolved. evolved. Yeah, and it just—I it, was disappointed that Marvel wouldn't let Bucky evolve. Mm-hmm. I, I got it
1: though, because I think you know it was a technical decision, you know, in the sense that would that be too far of a leap for both, you know, for people to get it, or did it put more emphasis on it where you just see one name change?
0: I don't know, but yeah. I, I, but go ahead. I'm sorry, but yeah, I get what you're saying. And part of that disappointment goes to my other point that I want to bring up, which is the Wakandans. Preach the wakandans made all of this shit the wakandans (laughs) made (laughs) the wakandans made look man so they made the shield they made bucky's arm they made sam's suit but at no point it was so strange to me isaac at Mm -hmm. no it it seemed like at no point did sam ever interact with the wakandans mm-hmm. and i'm like but you were mm-hmm. there for like two years I, I mean wherever steve was you were mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you never had any relationship with any of the wakandans mm-hmm. even to the point where it just seemed like sam felt that he as a black man in the united states of america was a different person than 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 the wakandans mm-hmm. on the african continent it just it just this disconnect
1: yeah, that's and, and I think that's made
0: no sense to me in that Bucky as the broker basically mm-hmm. as the bridge between Sam and the Wakandans, that just seemed it it made sense because of Bucky's exile
1: Yeah, in but Wakanda. Your, but to your point,
0: it maybe So it made it, sense that he had that personal relationship. And I did like the scene that preceded I think episode five, but the scene where IO and is 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 basically doing the final test mm. with Bucky by reading by reciting mm. the code words the trigger mm. words making sure he's not you know she, and she un, is a vehicle that frees him from it so, you, so I really appreciated that interaction because it gave a lot of context you know, this this takes this takes identity into a broader place
1: and I think that we should stay here for a minute I, we'll get back to to, to 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 specifically to Falcon and the Winter Soldier but identity within just the MCU What you're saying really strikes me because, and it strikes me as odd the same way it strikes you because even outside of Sam, if you look at Rhodey, you know, or, uh, oh man, you know, any black character with an MC, if you found out, because Wakanda had stayed kind of hidden for a long time, you know, hid itself. And then it became, especially when T'Challa took power, they became more, you know, they started programs of outreach, so on and so forth. At some point that has to be, you know, how impactful is that on African-American characters when they see this powerful kingdom, you know, in Africa, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this powerful country in Africa? How, yeah. how does that impact them? And I think that if you had a bunch of, you know, Malcolm Spellman's more than one, you know, running uh, uh, the MCU or at least running parts of the MCU, you would see mm-hmm. that, you know, you would mm-hmm. there would be something to that because it is interesting to see Bucky speak Wakandan. And Sam has absolutely no interest, evidently, in Wakanda, or you know, having a conversation or figuring, you know, nothing. Nothing. That is such
0: a good point. Because okay, let 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 Isaac, let you or me be Sam Wilson, right. Right. on the run with Steve Rogers and we go to Wakanda. I'm staying by there. time you get, by the time we get to end game, where's Sam? Oh, well he, he, <laughs> he's, he's still there, <laughs> but it, it also felt
1: just as a side note, it also felt like there was something between Bucky and AO, you know what I'm saying? I think there may have been something between them while he was at Wakanda. Cause they just seem to have a, a more intimate connection. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm mm-hmm. not sure if that was intentional or not, but okay. So, but this bring it straight back to Falcon and winter soldier, Here's the thing I have, the problem I have with the identity question and whether or not Sam, you know, forged his own identity by taking Mm -hmm. on the Captain American mantle in episode six. Mm -hmm. Or did he, you know, should he have, you know, created his own, you know, his own identity with the Falcon? The problem I have, Arthur, is that within the context of this show, Sam's argument, especially towards Isaiah Bradley, very much mirrors an argument that I've heard a lot in real life coming from 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 people of African descent living in this country. Hmm. It, it's the ideal that the highest form of anything that we can aspire to is occupying the same space as people of European descent.
2: So mm-hmm. in other
1: words, the highest form of honor is becoming Captain America. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because that Mm -hmm. was the mantle created by Steve Rogers. That was Mm -hmm. what it represents, the American ideal, so on and so forth.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: At no point does Sam and most people in the show, it must be said, almost everyone. At no point does Sam ever question that, say, you know what? Is that the highest thing I can do? Is that the greatest thing I can do is occupy Mm -hmm. the same space as Steve Rogers Mm -hmm. and the same space that was created and, you know, and uh, revered and worshipped? by people who looked, who denigrated me. Is that the highest form of of honor? And is that the highest level that I can aspire to? Or can I create my own level? Mm -hmm. And see, that was the point where I wanted him to, to do that. He, you know, Sam says to Bucky, and it must be said that Bucky and Bucky's motives and his connection to the, to the shield, I felt were very, um, I like them. I felt mm-hmm. that they were very much outside of the normal paradigm. It wasn't that Bucky. He did say a couple times, you know, what that shield represents, blah blah blah. He did say some of the same platitudes, mm-hmm. but he also really connected to the shield. He said because that was my family. You know, Steve believed mm-hmm. in me mm-hmm. um, for a long time, and that shield. You know, it, the the sense that you get from Bucky is that that shield represents Steve more than it does, you know, quote unquote, Captain America. And yeah. because Steve was his best friend, because Steve believed in him, even when he was the winter soldier, Steve came after him, Steve risked yeah, came, everything, yeah. you know, yeah. to come after him. Mm-hmm. Once that shield was given away, you know, it, it, it made Bucky start questioning certain things. And so I found in episode, in season or episode two, when he and Sam are with the psychiatrist yeah. and Bucky has that moment where he says, you know, if that's not true, then maybe, I, you know, maybe he's wrong about me too. You know, it was just a great moment. It was a great acting mm-hmm. moment. So I, mm-hmm. I, I like that. But in episode, I think it's in episode six, maybe it's episode five, but episode five or six, Sam says to Bucky, cause Bucky's having his own existential crisis. And so Sam, you know, says, let me give you some tough love. And Sam says to him, you got to stop looking to other people to tell you who you are. This mm, is Sam I'm yeah. talking to Bucky, Arthur. Right. And I'm like, motherfucker. so do you. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> take your own advice. You know, and yeah. it was like, it was one of those moments. I don't know if Malcolm Spellman and his writers did this on purpose, but it was one of those moments where, and we've all done this, you know, you're talking to someone else, not realizing that you should take your own advice. Mm-hmm. And I feel that by taking on the Captain America mantle at the end of the show, what would have been more powerful? was them say, I am Falcon. You know, I am, Fal- this is me, this is mine, and this is what mm-hmm. this represents. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. need to take on the mantle of something that you ascribe to. You know, it's something that you, that you denied me from in the first place. And by the way, that mm-hmm. senator was never held accountable for his actions. You noticed that um, yeah. Sam never even snapped off on him, you know, which was, yeah. never yeah. said anything to him. Um, but it would have been more powerful to me to see the end Those that that last though, you know, that last title card, I would have loved to see that said, you know, it wouldn't have said this, but basically the motherfucking Falcon, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. the winter soldier. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. to take that mm-hmm. on and be like, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. I'm going to hold on to this and take this to another level and have it represent something. So in, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years, there's gonna be little kids everywhere, black, white, whatever, who are going to want to be me. Not necessarily Mm -hmm. me as Sam Wilson, but one want to be the Falcon because I will have upheld this with so much honor and blah, 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 blah. You Mm -hmm. get my point. So I I see, I see him attempting to grab hold of his own identity, but I see that being weighed down by the same thing that's been, that's been on the shoulders of um, people of African descent in the Western world for generations. And that is, You can only aspire. The highest thing you can aspire to is a space that was occupied by Mm -hmm. your colonizer or by, you know, someone who is well-meaning, you know, like Mm -hmm. Steve Rogers, a Mm well-meaning person. Mm -hmm. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, the ideals that they represent, that's like your ceiling, you know, and it's like that can't be your ceiling. Create your own shit. You know, that's Mm -hmm. don't ignore their ceiling. Ignore what they want. Do Mm -hmm. your thing. And I feel that's where this show fell short. And that was the Disneyfication of it. That's the word we've invented, by the way, you all we've invented that Disneyfication word, Mm -hmm. copyright, mad, unreal. The Disneyfication of the, 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 um, the, the themes that Malcolm Spellman was putting forth episode six, that was the Disneyfication of that, you know? So what do you think about all that?
0: Oh, I, I agree. Um, Not only is it Disneyfication, it's, it's well. I guess it's it is only Disneyfication because that was really Sam's Black Panther moment. That was Sam's T'Challa moment when T'Challa is uh, when T'Challa is defeated by Killmonger and he's resurrected mm-hmm. um, on Umaka's palace by his mom and. Um, Long and the short, he's talking to his dad. T'Challa's mm-hmm. talking to his dad, and he was like, "You were wrong. You were wrong." Da 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 It was. It was basically T'Challa came into his own as mm-hmm. the Black Panther.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is Sam coming into his own as Captain, Captain America. It's the same thing. It's the same formula. <laughs> right. Right. Same formula, but the difference different. Being I mean, that, different. Yeah, different implication because cast, the because yeah. the Black Panther is is solely Wakandan. Is right. solely right. Their, whereas, culture. whereas Captain America is really solely, um, but you know, I mean, you know, it comes people down of color to this. in this country is uh, the, the the question of what is American is always mm. a present factor. Mm. So I do agree with you, but it wasn't. Did I have an opinion on it? Uh, Yeah, I suppose I did. But it was just border like part for the course. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, it really revolves. And I think much of the you know, what happens in episode five and six revolves around one line from Sam and he says it to Sarah Mm -hmm. and it immediately precedes, precedes his. montage where he basically becomes Captain America you know he does the standard and this is again where the show becomes very you know oh um, yeah he's
2: doing the acrobatic <laughs> color, shield and right.
1: Um, color, right? Um, color by numbers where it's like you know the montage the hero you know he becomes you know Captain America he trains for you know I don't know three or four days or whatever and it's like now he becomes Captain America but this line he says to Sarah because she's basically Sarah is basically like, you know, you can't let, you know, that old man's bitterness, you know, shape how you feel, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, mm-hmm. which again was authentic. Like you said earlier, we've heard that. So I I, I do appreciate mm-hmm. them and I include them in the show whether or not I agree with her or not. Um, but then Sam says to her talking about Isaiah, you know, what would be the point? And this is verbatim. I wrote this down. What would be the point of all the pain and sacrifice if I wasn't willing to stand up and keep fighting? And as he says that and they they cut they 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 leave that they just say that, and then they cut to the montage, but as he says that, the question that I think should be raised is, how are you fighting? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We all know what you're fighting for, you know, I think mm-hmm. Sam's intentions are good, you know what he's fighting for, but how are you fighting? Are you fighting by creating your own identity and showing your nephews and everybody else mm-hmm. that they can stand mm-hmm. on their own apart from a racist white supremacist system, you know? You can stand apart from that and forge your own path. And that may be the path that leads your people to freedom. Mm -hmm. Or are you standing with that system and saying for the upteenth million time you alluded to it earlier, Arthur, how many times we've heard that for the Mm -hmm. upteenth time? Are you going to say we can change this system? We can change this, you know? And he says it to the senator later. We'll get into that in a minute. But. He you know, when he says that to Sarah, that was the question of how the mind was, how are you going to fight? And Sam's answer was to become Captain America. Now, Isaiah Bradley had a different opinion on that. But Sam's answer was to become a Captain America. So, listen, I want to move into this. Because I think you got something to say about this too. Sam Street speech, mm-hmm. the, the, the infamous speech, which, by the way, <laughs> There was some TV things that happened here that I don't think would happen in the movies, like just the whole, you know, this huge bureaucracy of the GRP or whatever the hell the name of that organization was, you know, meeting in that room. And, you know, they all come out on the street. And all of a sudden, Sam just has an impromptu, you know, they have an impromptu meeting on the street and the cameras are rolling in yeah. real life. Nobody, none of those politicians would have stood there. They like, oh, cameras rolling. Let's go. We got to go. You know, we're not going to do this right here in front of everybody. So that was a very TV moment. But anyway, Sam's street speech. Did, he, did you find that, Arthur, as kind of like, did it feel new to you? Because I think the intention was that he made his proclamation and it felt like, you know, him him putting in a flag and, you know, bearing his flag in the stand. And this is where I stand. This is what needs to be. Ha- this is what needs to be happening. Or that he tells the senator, this is what needs to happen. Did that feel new to you or did it feel familiar? Like we've heard this before. Some of the things he said before you answer, some of the things he said was, you know, he tells them we now have a common struggle. In other words, you know you've seen people struggling all these, these decades. Now that we have a common struggle, maybe now you can do something because you understand before we were dependent upon you to do it as a human thing, as a basic human, you know, out of human, um, um, compassion. But now that, you know, you can feel some of their struggle, maybe you'll do something. And then he says, and this is when we talked about this before we started taping. I know you love this line. He says to the Senator, the only, he says, you have to do it because the only power I have is that I believe we can do better. (laughs) <laughs> right. This says the man with the jetpack. Yeah, and the and has, the, the the power to kill everybody on that street right there. But anyway, what did you think about his street speech, Sam's street speech?
0: um It was familiar, and I've seen it play out in in real life in situations where there've been mass shootings, mm-hmm. and politicians have you know sent their prayers but done nothing to change or even acknowledge, you know, the rapt of gun violence mm-hmm. in this country. Um, it, it was Sam's moment to, street, to speak his truth to power, and I believe that the character was the proxy for all that has been happening of mm-hmm. conflict um, in these last, you know, 18 months. To power brokers who did not like none of those folks appeared to be motivated to make a change on their own you saw several (laughs) cutaways to faces looking yeah you're right yeah you're right right it didn't give me the feeling that 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 sam was going to enact any kind of of change to it Mm. and i believe that the line see that's the thing what really made it a proxy signal for me was that that line that line of i can't do anything like i don't have any power beyond my power to believe right my power of hope right Mm -hmm. and i'm like no man because your homie got a wakandan arm (laughs) you got an army (laughs) what you talking about (laughs) you went up on you went up against thanos you know what i'm saying like you ain't got no power
1: Exactly. (laughs) but but I, i think that this again not to beat this this not to kick this or beat this horse to death but it is the Disneyfication of this in the sense that you, the, the, you know, whenever black and Brown and specifically black struggle is shown, um, you know, in, in film or TV or whatever um, it is portrayed as the need, or in, in real life in politics, you know, politicians, Obama built a whole, you know, empire off of hope, you know, and mm-hmm. it is this, you know, ongoing thing where Either a all you need is hope or you have hope. So we'll win. And I've never seen that put on any other people other as as significantly as, as it's put on our people. In other words, you, you know, you ignore all the other powerful things you have, your economic power, you know, your intellectual power. Ignore all the even in this sense, like we say, your military power. Ignore all of that and just, you know, hold on to hope. And this idea that, you know, what what Sam says that. Um, all I have is, you know, um, the idea or the belief that we can do better. That's all you have. And, and who is we? You know, who is, yeah. who is the we in this? And that's yeah. what I think is one of the biggest difference between him and Isaiah Bradley is that Isaiah Bradley is on the outside. Sam is still very much in the inside. The we, you know, he's looking, he's talking to this senator like they're on the same like they're on the same team. This is the same yeah. senator yeah. that betrayed you. Right. Yeah, He's talking called, to them as, as if they're peers. Exactly. Not realizing that. Why would she do that? What are you dependent upon? Her past record has shown that that's not her, her character. That's not the character of anyone that, that you're talking to. So I, I think that the idea that, you know, that we and that that statement and this idea of hope um, above all other things, you know, ignore all the other power you have and just focus on hope. Mm-hmm. That's a line that has been sold. You know, to um, quote unquote, marginalize people. You know, for a very long time, and and I think that it was, it, to my disappointment, I'll be frank, to my my yeah. disappointment, it was uplifted in episode six in a way that episode five did not prepare me for, because episode five mm-hmm. was kind of like, wow, you know, this is going to, you know, when Isaiah says, you know, no self respecting black man, whatever, you know, wear that or carry that mm-hmm. shit, I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit, they about to really go there. Then mm-hmm. episode six comes along and it's like, oh. Throw all that out. Sam is like, no, I'm going to change things from within. Basically, that's what he's doing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to drape myself. He literally, Arthur drapes himself in the in the in the in the flag. Um, yeah. He went a whole nother. Steve was just carrying his shit as a shield and had a little star on his on his helmet. And right. you know, by the end of I think by the third iteration of his his uniform, I don't even know if he's had the flag on his chest anymore. Sam literally drapes himself in the flag. Um, and side note. I have to say this, Arthur, Marvel has done a very, very good job, um, both Netflix, Marvel, MCU, everything of taking the comic book um, uniforms and evolving them or changing them or completely ignoring them in some degrees or some instances to make it more um, palatable on film. Right. Mm -hmm. Because some of the uniforms Mm -hmm. in the comic books, like they look ridiculous, you know, in Mm -hmm. real life. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. in uh, some ways, sometimes they just throw them out the window and they do something different. I got to say Sam's uniform looks like it came straight out of the comic book and it, it looks completely out of context with that environment. Like I just, it completely threw mm-hmm. me off. You know, I was just like, he doesn't look, he doesn't look comfortable in it for one thing. He looks very stiff in it. Um, but it just completely threw me off. And the realism that we've seen since, you know, say Batman begins with the dark night up until now, that kind of realism in terms of the, the uniforms and the, the yeah. costumes. Um, I feel like I, that, that kind of was, it was odd to me that we didn't get a more realistic Um, uniform but anyway i digress you were about to say something go
0: ahead well if i can if i can play devil's advocate which i don't do very much on this show Mm -hmm. but if i could play devil's advocate dealing with sam's dealing with sam's uniform and i'm gonna put aside the wakandans were the ones that actually made this uniform (laughs) because presumably irony who was I the art mean, director on this? It had to have been Bucky, right? Because Sam didn't know anything. It was like a gift to Sam, right? So he didn't know. But, but okay. So putting all that aside, as devil's advocate, you know, because these are superhero films and there's a certain universality to the fan base, um, it, political, political views may differ. Religious space may differ. Mm-hmm. But this group can sit in a movie theater or sit in front of their television on every Friday night you know, and watch this collectively. Wasn't it... Wasn't it smart even? Mm. Right? Wasn't it right or smart even that Marvel would unify these two identities of Sam's, mm. his traditional Falcon tech and... A reimagination of the Captain America mantle.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, to then
0: have this conversation mm-hmm. with power brokers in defense and or or in support of the 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 people who were displaced by the five million or so people who reappeared. Mm-hmm. After the blip. I
1: I think it was smart if your agenda is to package and sell hope, you know, to hope consumers. You know, I I think it was very smart. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the question that we started in the cold open, the question we started this this episode with is that, you know, we saw Nancy Pelosi, you know, take the murder of Mm -hmm. George Mm -hmm. Floyd Mm -hmm. and uphold it as a sacrifice, as if he had a choice, as if he said, I'm going to sacrifice my life to do blah. No, he was murdered, you know, Mm -hmm. against his will. The definition of murder, you take somebody's life against their will. It wasn't like he, he, you know, volunteered for that. Um, He was brutally murdered. And then to call that a sacrifice and then to align it with, I think the next line she said in that speech was that his name will be, you know, forever be synonymous with justice. You know, oh, so the court, this one court case, you know, aligns to justice. Mm -hmm. It it was just it it was such platitudous, you know, political bullshit that I just it turned my stomach to see her say that in similar way for Sam to portray Isaiah Bradley's 30 years of incarceration and torture Mm
2: -hmm. as a Mm -hmm.
1: sacrifice. Mm -hmm. There's some there's some parallels there. And so I think that if you're ignoring all that and you're saying, listen we are going to focus on hope. We're going to yeah, all that stuff happened, but you know, there's nothing we can do about that. Put that away. We're just going to focus on hope. Then I think, yeah, it was a good idea to do what you said. You know, the, the, the marriage of the Falcon persona with the Captain America persona. Um, maybe his name should have been Captain Falcon or Falcon America or something like that, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to, you know, really drive that home. But the problem is that, The Captain America persona is so revered and so uplifted. And so, I mean, like you said, John Walker took on the mantle. There's posters everywhere. There's a television show. You know, there's major interviews, all these things. The Falcon persona, although he was he was famous as a Falcon, it's nowhere near on that level. And so he again, that points to my idea or my my um, insistence almost that the best thing for him to do would be to fully dive into the Falcon persona and create his own thing, you know. Um, but listen, we're running late on time. Let me, I, there's something I got to get to though, before we wrap up. Cause you mentioned this earlier, um, In yeah. text messages. So I gotta, I gotta bring this up end of the show almost, yep. you know, after Sam goes and sees Isaiah and Isaiah still is in Isaiah's like, okay. So you, you know, there's a black captain in America now. Right. And Sam is like, you know, damn right. You know, cause mm-hmm. that's nothing. <laughs> Sam is so smug sometimes, <laughs> man. He, mm-hmm. he, he really gets off almost on the, the fame, you know, on the, you know, I'm going to because this guy at the end tells him, you know, can you go help so blah, blah, blah. And he's like, always, you know, it's like he's mm-hmm, he really mm-hmm. gets off on this hero thing, which is mm-hmm. kind of um, that's another show. But anyway, <laughs> the statue <laughs> he takes, he takes, you know, Sam yes. takes Isaiah to the the museum or whatever. And Eli, his, his, grandson, his, his grandson, right? his grandson, who becomes, a I forgot, he becomes a superhero later, too, in the comics. Um, but anyway, Arthur, was that statue? enough did it make the correct statement and here's and keep in mind Sam says to Isaiah when they're standing in that room and Isaiah sees the statue and Isaiah visibly gets emotional which is completely understandable the man has been ignored he's been a secret you know for 30 40 years 50 years so you know it's understandable obviously that he would get emotional but Sam says to him now they'll never forget what you did for this country Mm -hmm. how do you feel about all that Until they
0: move the installation. (laughs) How do you feel Um, about all that? I felt that was a genuine. I felt that was a genuine moment, as you said, from Isaiah, you know, Mm. and also from Sam. It's like, look, I made this happen because this is important. Okay. he Sam also made a call on behalf of Sharon Carter. Earlier in the series where he he's like, look, if you can help us, I can get you pardoned. I know right. people. I right. can get this done. You see that a lot. Like he tells his sister, I can get this done. We can get yeah, to the bank. I, I just need him. to flutter. You and we can't we get end. a bank loan, but I can get you pardoned. Right.
1: I <laughs> mean, U.S. government, but I can't get a right. bank loan. Yet.
0: But what right. Sharon got was a whole ass public hearing and apology from the same senator that disrespected Sam. In, in episode one mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: reinstated her role cleared mm-hmm. her of arch, all charges you know mm-hmm. and you know presumably got a retroactive back pay for all we know
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, got some paper
0: right isaiah yeah. got none of that
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was that intentional arthur was this part of malcolm Spellman's brilliance to say you know what let me have let me let this happen and let's see who picks up on the fact
0: i think Isaiah's, so I, I, Isaiah's I, I, yeah was i think so
1: under the table almost kind of like in the back, back, back of the room.
0: I think so. You know, Spelman or Spelman's team, you know, having conversations and being like, you know what? Yeah, this is actually the way to go Mm -hmm. because a statue is just that Mm
2: -hmm.
0: a piece of whatever kind of material molded into a form to represent something. Mm -hmm. But there's no real action behind that to restoration. Mm -hmm. Sharon Carter was restored. Mm -hmm.
1: Good point. I think though, and I tend to agree. I, I think maybe, you know, that was part of Malcolm Spellman's, like I said, his brilliance was to say, you know what, let's let's have this. Let's show what this how this would actually play out. You
0: Because know? that really is how it would play out.
1: Yeah. She would get the public apology, the restoration, like you said, but he would not. But and I'm usually I'm always a, a, a fan of subtle storytelling because I think that so much so much in life happens through subtleties. But I mm-hmm. do think that. I would have appreciated some sort of acknowledgement that even if it wasn't dialogue, even if it was a glance, something that would have happened to drive home the point that, yeah, the government specifically, maybe even that senator was not willing to publicly, you know, mm-hmm. acknowledge mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the, the the terroristic acts that were enacted upon the the body of, of Isaiah Bradley. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, the incarceration and the all of those things, the crimes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, That went on for decades. I I think that that's something that I would have appreciated them really kind of driving that point home a little bit. Um, But okay, but overall, you're saying yeah, the statue was not enough. Um, We needed more than that. I think that one line that kept coming back to me, man. You mentioned Public Enemy before when Sam said, you know, now they'll never forget what you did for this country. The line from Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos, Public Enemy's one of Public Enemy's greatest songs, it popped in my head. Um, When Chuck D says, you know, because I'm a black man and I can never be a veteran.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: obviously what he meant by that was that obviously if you go to war and come home, but technically you're a veteran. But -hmm. what he meant by that was that I'll never be regarded as a veteran, you know, in the way that the next man, you know, uh, a white man will be regarded as a veteran. And the way, you know, my, you know, fighting, quote unquote, fighting for this country is a completely different context, you know, Mm -hmm. based on what this country has done to my people. So when Sam says that to Isaiah, it felt a little bit off tone. It, it it was true to Sam's character. You know what I'm saying? That's definitely what Sam would say. But again, I kind of would appreciate it more on that, where it's like him again in the Nancy Pelosi context, him sacrificing. He didn't sacrifice, you know, his, you know, 30 years of his life. It was taken from him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was it was snatched from him. You know? Yeah. Um, he but, didn't volunteer to be tortured. You know right. what I'm saying? And so those the way that Sam relates, that's like, it's not about him being acknowledged for what he did for this country. That's not the that's not the, the, the only point. The point that needs to be made is this country acknowledging what they did to him. You there know, you go. And that, very, that's the
0: parallel between Pelosi's statement about exactly, George Floyd exa- and the statue for Isaiah Bradley. It's like we're going to acknowledge that this was a terrible thing that happened to you. Mm hmm. So we're going to call it a sacrifice and edify you or we're going to build you a statue and present it as a permanent installation in the Captain America, whatever it is in the Smithsonian. However, we're not going to acknowledge that we're the ones that did it to you.
1: Exactly. It absolves and it it conceals, you know, the the true horror of what happened, um, both in the George Floyd incident and in this what we're seeing. So I, I think that, yeah, there are definite parallels there. And. I don't know. Maybe we'll get more on this. You know, I mm-hmm. did see Malcolm Spellman, and may have that same article you referenced earlier, the Hollywood Reporter article. I think the reporter did ask him, you know, if they approached you with a um, prequel, you know, an mm-hmm. Isaiah Bradley story, basically mm-hmm. the truth comic. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested? In and he said absolutely. So maybe we'll, we will get that. Maybe we'll get yeah. more, um, more from him in this, in this, this uh, on this story. But before we go, I do think you know we've had. Obviously, you and I both have had had issues with some of the ideology behind that, was, you know, exhibited in this this series, specifically from the Sam character and from other characters, but spe- specifically from Sam. I do think it's worth mentioning, though, or worth saying to end this, that I am appreciative of Malcolm Spellman, You know, and I said, this oh, absolutely. Yes, episodes. yes, yes, yes. We're both appreciative of him and what he did. And he said repeatedly in articles that he got you know he didn't get any friction he didn't get any pushback Mm -hmm. he kept expecting pushback from marvel um mcu kevin foggy everybody but he never got it they just kept saying you know do what you're going to do you know keep writing great stuff you know write the best show you can i gotta say man i don't know if i believe that you know i'm you know (laughs) i'm sure maybe in a broad (laughs) context that may be true yeah but it's not like he's going to go into uh, you know in front of a, a camera or a tape recorder. Malcolm Spellman is not going to say, yeah, they gave me a lot of pushback. They didn't want me to talk about anything black, blah, blah, He's never going to say that, you know. Sure. And I'm sure that the reason that the uh, Marvel Studios brought him in was to get that unique point of view that they know they can't mm-hmm. get from James Gunn or, you know, uh, the whatchamacall brothers or whoever. The Russo you, know, the brothers, Russo yeah. brothers. you know, they knew that we need to go to this brother to get that authentic point of view. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that they did give him significantly leeway, but I'm sure. Arthur, you and I. Both yeah, there was know, we, somebody we, in the room with a red pen waiting. There was some red pinage. You know, what I'm saying uh-huh. there yeah. was some. Oh no, we ain't going that too far. And maybe that's what yeah. happened in episode six. I don't know. Um, but just a quick, just just to give love to uh, to Malcolm Spellman I, before we end the show um, for what he did and what his writers did yeah. and the other producers, um, anybody who, who related to you know connected to the show who allowed that line or kind of, you know, paved the way for that line from Isaiah Bradley, specifically in episode five, um, you know, no self-respecting black man would ever carry that shield. Mm -hmm. That's something Mm -hmm. I
0: never saw coming Mm -hmm. on the Marvel show. So, um, shout out to that. Mm -hmm. And I would like to think that he would, we would have wanted this kind of conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. We do have to go. I do want to say, maybe we'll talk about it on another show. I Mm -hmm. really wonder what, what would the original, because Steve Rogers gave Sam Wilson the shield prior to the pandemic. Mm. what would what, what would the what would the story the next story have been?
1: Mm. Oh, you're saying if the if, uh, uh summer of 2020 would have never happened in, um, exactly in the exactly because yeah, yeah, i don't yeah,
0: yeah. I don't think what Malcolm Spellman gave us mm-hmm. was, you know, in the memo. <laughs> 2019 <laughs> or the treatment of the next phase of bucky and sam's but narrative
1: I'll, I'll say just to end the show i'll say i 100 percent
0: agree with you period <laughs> that'd have been kind of interesting all right mad unreal my name is arthur his name is isaac and uh twitter hit us up hashtag mad unreal we want to hear your views um We are available everywhere Find RSS feeds are consumed. We ask that you subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts and please leave a review. It does help for discovery and the growth of the show. Uh, We will see you in episode 36. Peace. Keep it unreal.